Welcome to another episode of Two Off the Tee on the IBN podcast feed. I'm with my co-host, Scott Porter. Scott, doing okay? Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to break down the PGA Championship, uh, which Brooks Kepka won in dominating uh, performance, I guess minus a four or five hole stretch on Sunday. Um, but we're going to break that down. Um, so Tiger, uh, just some of the storylines. Obviously, you got Kepka, uh, fourth major and eight tries. Tiger missed the cut. Uh, Phil did make the cut, didn't really make any noise. Spieth came out of nowhere to a top five on a golf course that I did not expect him uh, to play well. DJ made a great run. Actually, had a great tournament. He had four rounds uh, under 70, but it, it was really all about Brooks Kepka. He obviously shot the 63 on Thursday with Tiger and Molinari in his group, which is just, I mean, that was one of the most impressive golf rounds I've ever seen. For sure. I mean, I actually texted sure. Scott after Friday and said that uh, other than Tiger at the 2000 U.S. Open, I don't know if I ever remember seeing a guy play a golf course that you knew was so difficult and he was making it look so easy when the rest of the field was just not having fun. We talked about he had a little bit of a, I don't think it's really fair to call it a collapse. He finally stumbled some on Sunday on the back nine. He made four straight bogeys. He shot four over on the weekend. He shot even Saturday, which actually gained ground. I think his lead actually swallowed a shot. Uh, shot four over on uh, Sunday, but still ended up winning by a few shots. Uh, some just impressive things from this one for Kepka. He is the first player in golf history to hold back-to-back titles at the same time. He now holds both the U.S. Open, uh, the 2018 and 2017 trophies. He now holds the 2018 and 2019 PGA trophies. What's crazy is in three weeks, he actually has a chance to have held the U.S. Open for three years and mm-hmm. the PGA for two, which would just be sick. Uh, and he is one of just four players to win four majors and eight starts. I think you probably heard of the other guys, a guy named Ben Hogan, a guy named Jack Nicklaus, and a guy named Tiger Woods. So that's pretty good company. Pretty good uh, that, Pretty good Mount Rushmore. Exactly. So now Kepka <laughs> is in that group. Uh, another thing that is... Again, just baffling. And I didn't even know this until I saw it. Kepka has now won four of the 22 majors he's played in. You know, we went over on the preview podcast this unbelievable record. Well, I didn't even realize he'd only played in a few majors before that stretch. He's now won four of his first 22 majors. For comparison, and this is why he is different, Tiger won four of his first 21 now, Tiger had that big stretch to come a few years later, and that's going to be kind of where we'll see where Kepka is overall. But anytime you're with Tiger Woods right. or Jack Nicholas, you're doing something. Um, I just uh, I want to start the podcast off by talking about Kepka. I had somebody ask me the other day, I truly think he is the next guy, and he's got to win more regular events because mm-hmm. you can't just win majors. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but if, say, he ends up winning 12 majors, and for those who have listened to the podcast, I think majors are harder to win now than they used to be. I think Tiger's 14 majors are more impressive than Jack's 18. I think if somebody comes along and wins 10 to 12 majors in today's era, it's more impressive than the 15 that, that Tiger has now. 
it's just it's getting harder to do. This guy's won four out of the last eight. I think he is now officially the next big thing in golf. He's not 30 years old yet. His track record is really showing. But for him to be an all-time great, I truly believe you have to both win majors and regular events because both Jack and Tiger are top five and wins. Right. Tiger's probably hopefully going to surpass and be the all-time win guy. I think Jack is third or fourth on that list. And then they also have all the majors. Right. And so you got to do it week in and week out. Um, I was very impressed with some of the stuff he said leading up to it. I mean, talk about backing up up, up, up right. your smack talk. He said that majors are easier than regular right. turns, which I believe there's some truth to that. He said that he thinks he can win 10 of them, which that takes some stones. Right. And he basically said that he thinks two-thirds of the field's done before they tee it up, which I also <laughs> think is true in a major. But to uh, say that, right. go out and shoot 63, what, 66 to start, right? Or is it 63-65? It was 63-65. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the 36-hole scoring record at a major. Unreal. So what what do you think about Kepka? Oh, my goodness, man. Where I mean, where do you even start when you're talking about this guy? Now, one thing I think that a lot of people don't didn't quite understand, he's 29, okay? So he's closer in age to DJ than he is Spieth and JT, right? So, you know, it, he's a, a little bit of the older generation. Um, I mean, it just seemed like he started around the same time same time as, as Spieth and all those boys because if I don't know if most people remember this. He went overseas, okay, where those other guys just either webbed in or they Mondayed into a few events. Or they had the sponsorship where they were a big enough name kind of right. college where Tiger did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They got into tournaments. They did so well, they kind of got their status that That's way. exactly right. He That's... had to work for it. Oh, my gosh. Coming out of Florida State, he wasn't – I mean, he was a great player at Florida State. Right. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't as big of a name. Goes overseas. He wins some European tour events. I think he won three times, right? Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah I think it was two or three. But, yeah, he won a few over there. Came back over here, and then he hit a little lull where he his name was there, and you could see him on the course and stuff, but he wasn't winning a lot. But he seems to have figured out this major championship tournament-style play. I mean, first of all, to, to come out on Barstool, not just once, but twice. Oh, they yeah, did two I forgot. podcasts. I didn't, you're right. I didn't even so that. he was, like, trying to make it known to the field. Yep. Hey, I'm coming. Right. Because I already think I beat two-thirds of you. Right. You know, and, and a lot of what he said is true. you got your club pros that are in majors that aren't in other events. He, you know, you've got already a smaller field. He was like, and then of those remaining players, half of them aren't going to play well just because it's a major. So you're down to, you know, 25 to 40 guys that you just have to beat. And then he says, half of those guys, I'm just going to beat. So now he's only worried about 12 to 15 guys in a major. That takes major confidence not only to say it, but then it takes – Oh, my gosh. I talk about the added pressure on yourself, you know, to go out to say that and then to go perform the way you did on Thursday, Friday. He has now disproven the claim that you can't win a major on a Thursday, but you can lose it, right? He didn't play that well on the weekend, right? Plus four. Right. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things where, he went out and just did what he had to do. Now, in fairness, I will say, though, four over for the weekend. I there. think there was only one guy, and it True. was DJ, DJ. Yeah. that was better than par 
uh, over those two days. Right. I guess what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I mean, he didn't play well for him without a doubt. But I'm saying to, I don't feel like he like against the field. He played fine. Exactly. He played, he played, he played good enough to win. And I think he knew that, and that's one thing I like about Kepka is I think he both has the fearlessness to attack when he needs to attack. But what I saw Saturday and Sunday was the guy that said, look, I got a seven-shot lead. I'm just not going to blow it. Right. I'm going to play smart golf. Right. He didn't look like he was attacking pins the way mm-hmm. he was the first couple of days. No. Some of his lines on his drives weren't quite as aggressive. Uh, and I just, to me, I have... So much respect for that because I, I think it's harder to play with a lead. I've said this before than it is the chase. And if you look at it, I believe now in all four of his major wins, he's had the lead uh, going into Sunday. Mm-hmm. And other than Tiger, I don't think there's ever been a guy in history, maybe Jack, I don't know what his records were in his early majors, that won so many of their first majors in that spot where it's like everybody behind me is coming at me. They don't really have anything to lose. I have this lead, and I have to hold on to it, and I just think there's so much pressure to that. And just how zoned in he is. He has this, like, look and swagger that is just different. I haven't seen it since Tiger where he looked – I mean, like, I don't know if you saw, and I know it's something silly, but his friggin' wife, fiance, I don't know which it is, goes to kiss him going, and he's like, "Uh uh-uh, like, I got to focus – Back up, right. and like he did to his credit, he kissed her the minute the tournament was over. And right. I think when somebody else, even that was, was just, awkward. He was guy. just even like, "Look, man, kiss. like I, you know, I'm in the zone right now." Right. And that's the way Tiger was. Was it felt like in his prime and when he was really winning that he didn't notice anybody else on the golf course. He would just look right through you. And I get a lot of that with Kepka. It was interesting with the fist pump on uh, 18 because you, he rarely shows any emotion. Right. And I think you know. He talked about that on the podcast that we're referencing, um, and he just said that he doesn't want to tip his hand. He he thinks of it more mentally from as a mental aspect of it, but he does so much stuff well. And what I want to point out is Spieth won his majors, that run of three in two years. He won those majors by out-putting people and hitting it well enough. And grit. To his credit, and grit. he was where he, he was, was the mentally yeah, he was the mentally toughest guy. Right, for even those though majors. even though it, to to the natural ear, if anybody doesn't know golf, right. and listen to what he's saying, it sounds like he just is a complete wreck out. There. Right, that's the polar opposite of Brooks Koepka. He's not going to show you shit. He's not going to show you anything that can give you an edge over him. Okay, so that he out ball strikes people in the major championships too, like. I don't know if there was one day other than Saturday he didn't put he didn't put as well. Yeah, he put it terribly. He had a lot of looks on the back now. He like really did. Very makeable he, looks. Ball striking, ball striking there on Saturday was still good. Oh, nice. Ball striking into the wind with the wind flaring on the backside Sunday wasn't as good. The DJ, leaders played in the worst conditions well, without a doubt. For sure, for sure. DJ out ball struck Kepka on Sunday, and it just it it proves to me how. Good he is when there's only one day out of a major championship, four-day tournament, there's only one day and one guy that outball strikes you. I mean, a lot of guys might have on the backside, but just how consistent he is and how aggressive he is, that when he first won the 20, um, 20 what was it, 2016 Open? 17. The U.S. Aaron, Open. Yeah, Aaron Hill's 17 because he won the last two. So yeah, so it's 2017, right. So 2017, when he hit 36 – or, uh, excuse me, he hit 62 out of 72 greens 
that week at Aaron Hills. I mean, I get it. The bings, the greens are a little bit bigger, but it is amazing what he does with his ball striking and just how it sounds coming off his club face. Oh, it's, it's just different. different. It's and, just different. And you have to be in the fairway to hit that many greens at U.S. Open anyway. Absolutely. Uh, which, that's the thing to me that is the most impressive part of his game is I've never seen. I know they say Rory. Rory is streaky. Uh, and to your point, too, he's a lot better wedge player than Rory is. He, when yes. he gets those monster drives and gets wedges into holes, he normally stuffs it. Where Rory, it's like when he's on, he can do that. And when he's not, it's like, what are you doing? Uh, but I just, I mean, the line he took on one on Friday and Saturday was just, I mean, I don't know if you saw the still picture. He looked like he was aiming at the freaking green. He he Uh, practically was. And I mean, to hit that fairway three out of four days, the only day he missed it, which I believe was Sunday, he technically was in the fairway. He was in the first First cut of rough, which was nothing. Right. Uh, Oftentimes you get just as good a line. Exactly. So it just... Uh, I'm excited for golf. I think this is great. I think golf needs these guys. And we've had so many, and it's different because he's won four in the short period. Because you had Spieth win three. I believe McElroy won three in like six or seven. But he's won four. But I think he won the first one, then there was a lull, right? And then, in 20- and then he won like three in about a two-year yeah. period. Right. He and won then, in 2010, I believe, right. and, then didn't, and then he won his Ex- other ones in 2014. Exactly. So there was that lull, and then in 2014, I was like, okay, here's the next guy. Right. Now, we still, to be fair, he needs to do more because he's basically won four majors and I believe four regular tour events, three or four. So he's got to continue to do this, but I don't know how you bet on him against him moving forward. I saw no. he's already a 5-1 to one, uh, odds at mm-hmm. the U.S. Open, which that's Tiger odds. I have not seen somebody that low to where. I mean, if I you think about seven, it, I think. that's that's pretty good because it's down to five, and I have a feeling it'll get even lower before then. So uh, he's good for golf and seems like a good dude. He's uh, just jacked. I mean, he's so big, and I think that's the other thing is, and Tiger had a little bit of that in 05 and 06 that I think he physically intimidates these guys. No doubt. To where DJ is an athlete, and DJ is strong and all that, but D, I mean, Kepka's, I mean, he looks, I always tell people. Cause, he looks know, the, like a football player. You had Thanos, you know, from the right. the Marvel, and to me, this guy is Thanos. Like, he's just that much he's, bigger, stronger, right now, more powerful right now than everybody else. Right now, he's Thanos with two rings. Exactly. Like, or two stones. Exactly. He, you know, he's, he's almost complete. Exactly. There's a couple things I want to see him clean up. Putting, he can get better, okay? He's a great putter, uh, but he can get better. And just overall, I think moving forward, just these wins are going to give him even more confidence. And that is mind-boggling to think right. about. Because for a long time, everybody just thought he was just this non-personality, boring right. guy, frat star out of Florida State. Now you're you're seeing where he has more fire under there than almost anyone. Well, and I think, to be fair, we talked about this on the preview podcast one. By the way, I picked him second straight major. hope right. you guys out there are listening to our preview podcast are betting some money. Right. Uh, he, I think he's making the noise now and making these comments because, quite frankly, he realized, look, if I do it the way I was doing it, I'm not going to get attention. I'm just not. It's kind of the way Rory was. Rory didn't really say mm-hmm. much when he was winning, and he never got to the popularity Tiger did. And he knows that, look, I, I'm sure – it's human nature. He wants to be a global star, all that. He feels like he's one of the best athletes in the world, which he deserves. You win four out of eight 
you know, basically championships. You should. Uh, and I think that he knows he needs more attention and, you know, making statements like this and then backing them up. I mean, he was in the news more on Wednesday, Thursday for his press conference and the interview on Barstool than I've heard for any of his three previous major no wins. Then he follows it up with a 63-65 and then, you know, wins his fourth major. So uh, Kepka is incredible. Um, Tiger Woods did not make the cut this week. I am not worried about it. Uh, I, you know, you made a, I made the mistake of thinking he was going to contend with the, and I should have really thought about the combo of the weather and the rust. Right. That's too hard of a golf course. Uh, I actually shortchanged the golf course. I said the winning number almost, I think on it, I said eight under. I think that's what he ended up at. He did. And you had Dustin at six, right? Right. And then basically other than that, you had three other guys under par. So, I mean, it played like a U.S. Open. Flat out. No, no. And, uh, I mean, I love Tiger. Bill Simmons is not the authority on golf by any means, but he's right. You have basically, if we're being realistic, maybe 24 majors left in your career to, to get that last three. That's six years worth. I think that's realistically about as far as he can get. Because I think that what I mean is he's got four years, I think, of being if he stays healthy, being able to contend. And then he's going to have Masters and British Opens where he's going to be a threat to his 55 if he's healthy because it's he just courses. He knows how to play those courses. But this was one of your, your chances. You had just came off winning a major. You knew you were going to be gro- uh, grouped with Kepka and Molinari. And I think he let it get to his head that he thought, you know, I'm in such a good place. Or, there's one or two theories. Either A, he, he thought he let it get to his head where he felt like I was in a good enough place where I could just come out here and do it. Or B, he knew this was not a good shot for him, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take a month off. If I play well, great. If I don't, whatever. I know Pebble's a good location for me, and I know the British Open's a good location for me. Right. What do you think? Is Are you worried, like, for the rest of the season for Tiger? I'm not worried other than the fact that it didn't look like rust. Okay, so here's here's my theory of what happened, and it's very similar to your theory of number two right there. I think Tiger got to I think Tiger got to Beth Page and parked his yacht, did all that stuff, and I think he went there that first week. And he was still in his in his master's glory and doing interviews and all over national media and television. So he knew he wasn't going to be able to prepare for a smaller event, right? So I think he got up there, got all that stuff out of the way, and I think he underestimated it a little bit. Once I think he got out there and saw it and practiced on it, I don't think he thought he had a chance. Okay, so I don't I don't think he was worried about this event just because. He he knew that Brooks was most likely going to well, beat him on day one. What two. did we talk about? There was two guys that we mentioned on the preview that we both had like strong feelings that we thought they should be the heavy favorites. They were the two guys that realistically had a chance. They right. were the only two guys. You, that picked, was, you picked Brooks, I you picked, picked us. And the thing is, why did we say that? They both drive the ball straight, and they both drive the ball very long. They what is this golf them. course for? I mean, it's 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 narrow, right. a lot of dog legs, and it's so long that like they're the few guys that can block it right or left, and still have like an eight nine wedge into a lot of these greens right. to where you at least can get the club on the ball to where you know a lot of these guys are hitting like six five irons out of the rough. I mean, poor Kisner got 
Just oh, they God. showed that replay like eight times, and I'm like, "Come on, dude! There was a PGA pro that did that. You didn't have to, you know, right, exactly. call Kisner out on that." Well, but. the thing is, <laughs> I think it got to the point where I, when I was looking at this tournament, I thought the greens were going to level the field a little bit because the guys like Spieth, Tiger, and Spieth putted extremely he well. Putted really well. But the guys that really seemed to have an advantage on the greens, Jason Day, Spieth, Tiger. I thought that that would even it out a little bit to where they could afford not to be so straight off the tee because they were going to make some par- pars. The problem was that the golf course tee to green played so much harder than I gave it credit for. Well, I think the greens did too, though. Tiger three putted a bunch in both of his rounds. Jason Day putted not you know very well for him. I, I don't think know if I, the speed fooled him. But that, there was a lot of bad putts this there weekend. Were, there were, but I think, this week. I think the confidence of those guys, especially the guys you just mentioned, right. was so rattled by the other factors of just the golf grinding course. Just grinding for every stroke. I, exactly. I think if I think if it's playing tee to green a little bit easier, you don't see those guys three-putt as much because that plays a toll on your confidence. Sure. But the guy that you know that I was really impressed with was Spieth, and I think we're about to get into that. But the one Tiger, other thing I want to say real quick is just I, I didn't like this PGA Championship overall. It, really? it shit well, and we'll get to this in the winners at the end because I think the golf course is a winner. But I like that the PGA is a shootout. I like that the PGA is right. normally the tournament where they're like, we're not going to try to fool you. Right. We're going to make it as close to we do every tournament on you know tour, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little harder venue, but we're not going to make it unfair. The U.S. Open. Exactly. And this was basically a U.S. Open. Right. And I'm interested to see how the USGA reacts. I actually think they may go a little softer on Pebble because they have a chance to just – because I feel like that's something the PGA has, and with it getting moved to May, this was an opportunity for them because – PGA Championship is year in and year out the most exciting major. Like, even to the Masters, almost every PGA, there's a really good duel on the back uh, nine, and there's birdies everywhere. Right. And there wasn't any of that. And Dustin obviously made a great run, but I just, I like the PGA Championship when they set it up, you know, fairly easy. I would much rather see Beth Page as a U.S. Open venue because... I mean, what's crazy is they didn't have the rough, nothing like the U.S. Open has the last couple of times, and the scores are still basically just as high, if not higher. Right. So that just proves that sign on the first tee there. It's legit. It, it ain't no joke, because, no. I mean, these are the best guys in the world, and they looked horrible at times. But uh, you mentioned Jordan Spieth. Uh, I got to say, I don't know if he, he listened to the podcast and he heard you know one of his <laughs> biggest fans and you oh, tell gosh. him he's got to get it together. What was most impressive, in my opinion, was he didn't play very well. Right. And and to what I was saying when you were talking about when he won those majors, this was the speech that I remember, that every round he would score better than the way he hit it. Right. And he'd just find a way. And you would, like, see him, and he'd be in the high stuff. And then he'd be in the bunker. And the next thing you know, he's making a 12-footer, and he made par. And he did that all week. And I was really impressed. He hit five freaking fairways on Sunday right. on that golf course, right. which is way too long for him. And he only shot one over. I thought that was actually probably the most impressive round with DJ kind of falling apart on the back now in the last few holes. Uh, of the day for a guy because you get five fairways out there, you're not going to shoot one over. Oh gosh, I, I he might be the only player in the world that could do that. If you're not talking about Tiger, 
All right, so and Tiger definitely can. I don't think anymore. I don't think right now he can. You know, um, he may he may can get back to that place where you can just strike long irons out of the out of the thick stuff. But Spieth is finally he doesn't seem to be any more worried about what's going on up here. You know, he just seems so rattled for the last eighteen months, and this week he did not get rattled. Um. I think it helped that nobody was talking about him. I right. think we talked about that in the preview. Um, I think it. I think it definitely helped because no one gave him a chance in hell this week at Bethpage Bat. No one gave him a chance. I didn't think he would make the cut, and he just yet again grinded a just a gritty performance out of him at this week in New York. I, I was so impressed. And the next two majors are the kind of majors that. That is what you need to win them, right. and most years, especially the the U.S. Open for sure. The British Open, some years, the conditions are not that bad, and it's a little bit more of a scoring fest. But I, I've always told people I actually think the British Open is a tournament that I see him having the most advantage in because he's such a good putter. The greens are so big; he actually puts well in slow greens, which most ball. good putters don't. And the ball rolls exactly, and he gets a ton of yardage that he normally right. doesn't get. Right, and the ball rolls. So I was thinking about this earlier, and this makes me excited as a speed fan. I know I challenged him on the last one. He actually came through. Um, I think if if he wins the career Grand Slam and wins at PGA, I think you have to credit it back to this year at PGA because they played the hardest venue probably in 10 years, at least. I don't know 10 years back because I didn't watch golf then um, as, as much, but it's the hardest venue the PGA Championships had in my recent memory. It's, so, it's the hardest you. one I remember in my lifetime. Okay. I, I so don't, that, I don't, the only thing can, that can compare is there's been a few, like, Tiger won, I believe it was at Oakland Hills in, like, 2005 or six, and it was the weather okay. that really was a big time. It was literally, like, 105 degrees. It was in, I think, like, Oklahoma. And, I mean, the guys looked like they were just, like, literally dying. Dying. And that, if I remember correctly, was not a super low-scoring one, but it was nothing like this. I just don't ever remember uh, PGA where guys are losing golf balls and just right. you know being frustrated to the levels they were and just looking exhausted. I mean, if you watch the guys as they came off 18, that's something I always love to do in majors, to look at their face. It was more like... If they shot a decent or good score, they were relieved right. uh, that it was over. And if they shot a bad score, they were just happy to be getting off the golf course. You right. know what I mean? They're like, I'm just over it. I don't see any of these turn or the venues coming up in the next five years. You got Harding Park next year. Don't know much about that one. You got um, how how do you pronounce that? What Kiowa? Kiowa? Yeah. Oh, Okay, I always want to say Kawhi because obviously I think it's Kiowa. I think it's Kiowa too, but I, you know, anyways, Kawhi Island or not, I always mess it They're up. They're going to Hawaii. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So um, then you got Trump National. Now Valhalla is a pretty tough Oak golf Hill, course, and then Valhalla. The way they set it up. I don't think any of those will play as hard as this week played, and he played so well. To, he, if you take Brooks out of oh, no. out of the situation, you take Brooks and DJ out of it. But, even Jesus. not even not DJ. I mean, Spieth what, what finished was it, two, two under. I think two under was third, right? Right, two under. So he finished what four shots behind DJ. To me, that's contending. Oh no, for sure. I mean, top three. Even you top though, five at a major. I exactly. Mean, if a guy goes crazy. Guy goes crazy. And I think if you if you if he does co- come out to win the career grand slam, I think if you look back to this week, he gained more confidence this week than his other major victories. I believe just because he, I don't think he ever thought he actually had a chance at a PGA until this year. So. 
he's my boy. He putted extremely well. Back to the old speed. Um, he didn't hit the ball great. The first three days, I actually thought he hit the ball somewhat decent. Right. Uh, especially off the tee. He well, was he, he was taking angles and lines that I was like, oh, my God. He's been slowly starting to drive the ball a lot. So more. we'll see if this bumps him out of the uh, the slump that he's been in lately. I'm excited about him moving forward, especially for the British Open. And Pebble should be a good setup for him, too. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about DJ. I actually text Scott on Sunday, and I seriously – you think about narratives and just, you know, legacies. What DJ was doing was going to, I mean, like, and it was going to be a combined thing. Because you had the guy that's won one major. Most people think he, he should, you know, have won Wait, five, six by now, right. at least. For sure. You have the guy have. that has won, you know, is on his way for sure to win four out of eight. He's struggling. DJ surging. The crowd's chanting DJ. And I'm telling Scott, I don't know if I'd ever remember a time that a narrative would flip so much in like a two-hour span where it was a coronation for Kepka to all of a sudden, does Kepka now choke in majors? Because he would have basically just lost back-to-back majors with a lead on the back nine. Right. This time, a really big one. DJ would have came from behind and, you know, kind of stole a major and it might have kick-started his career. And then I hate to say this, but DJ did what DJ does. He got to where he could literally, I think, feel the pressure of, I have a chance to win this. And I'm sorry, the shot he hit on 16, you can't do. And I know that it was really windy, and I know he had just came up short on a hole that was into the same wind. But look at that pin. Look at that rough behind it. We previewed that hole on the podcast, and I said on it, you can't go long, it's dead. And that wasn't even to a back pin. And then he goes long, and the tournament's over. He made a great up and down on 18. I hated that he bogeyed 17. Uh, But it just – he is, to me, the most difficult person for me to figure out in my lifetime in golf, even more so than Phil. Because Phil, for a long time, I just knew that Phil just was going to play his way and be damned with the results. He really was. Phil was Phil. With DJ, I can't. I can't really figure it out. He's now got a career runner-up slam, which is impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's like what I tell people. In all seriousness, like a, a handful of guys have done it. Uh, the list includes Mickelson, Jack. I don't know if Tiger's done it. I think he has never finished second at a U.S. Open, but I'd have to check that. Uh, but I just don't understand why he can't win more majors, especially because he wins so many events. Uh, and, and he just has so much talent. I mean, the shots, the way he played that golf course up to 16 and 17 was one of the most impressive rounds I've ever seen because everybody was just, like I said, speed shooting one over is one of the more impressive rounds. Poor Varden went out, birdied the first hole, and shot 81. Like, the curse of the first good hole. Good Lord. The curse of the first uh, hole birdie. So I just, you know, let me ask it this, this way to you. Is it fair for me to say this is typical DJ choking under pressure? It is 100% fair. So... It's not only DJ choking under pressure. It's just DJ doing G- DJ shit. He doesn't get. He doesn't care, or at least he met his actions. I think he cares. I think he's a competitor, but his actions make it seem like he doesn't care. So, on the Brooks podcast, he said, "Me and DJ always." get paired together in the Ryder Cup, but we don't play well together. Right. He said, we're the same player. 
Well, guess what? No, you're not. You're not the same player. No, you're not. You may hit the same yards and play the same kind of game. Physically, you may be the same player. Right. But mentally, I mean, you couldn't be different. So we look at Brooks. He's got, I think he's got seven wins in four majors. And they've all been recently. So nine if you include the European. And they've, so. all, they've all been recently. I mean, obviously other than the European. But all the PGA has been, right. I think, since 15 on. So he's done it in four years, basically. Not right. even four years. Three and a half. But even still, he, he's, he hasn't won a ton, but he's, but he's clutch in majors. Okay? Then you have a guy named, like DJ that has 20 wins on the PGA Tour, 19 of which are regular events. Right. Now, to his credit, like seven no. of them are, world, are WGCs. A lot of them no, he, are World Golf Championships. That's why I can't understand but why he's more majors. One major, you should have had at least two more, maybe three more. You three-putted to give Spieth his U.S. Open. It just gets to the point to at what point – he's 35 almost, 34, about to turn 35 – at what point do you start to take majors a little bit more seriously and don't put yourself in such bad holes? Or like what or I was just saying, Phil, change your game plan. Like he obviously needs to change he needs something, to do something up. Right. Because he's just he is the most talented golfer. I like I always tell people Greg Norman was the most talented golfer and I didn't get to see Pete Greg Norman, but I saw him later in his career and even in his early forties to mid forties and late thirties. The ball striking, the putting, the short game, and he won so many tournaments worldwide, but he only won the two majors. Right. And it's 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 Very, really it's hard to believe if you watch that guy play golf that it's like I can't believe this guy's on. Phil Mickelson, who I just said, and I'm not the biggest Phil fan, mostly because of his attitude, and I think Phil should have another four or five majors at least for if sure. he would just, you know, maybe think about the situation and change your game plan every once in a while, but even Phil, just on talent alone, who I don't feel like has as much talent as DJ, has won five majors. Right. And three different, you know, kinds. He's won a Masters, he's won a PGA, and he's won a British. And it's just really hard to just figure DJ out. I mean, your your father-in-law is Wayne Gretzky. And I actually thought when they, you know, got married, that was going to be good for him. Because here is one of the greatest athletes of all time. You can go to him. Uh, I know it's a different sport, but... Winning's winning. I winning really believe winning. that. Winners are winners. And you win. You can just learn so much invaluable knowledge from just being around somebody like that. Right. And it's, he like did, the, it's like all the basketball players that go see Kobe and they go see exactly. uh, Kim Joel. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, and those are the players that want to get better are the ones that are doing that because right. they're smart enough to realize I can learn stuff from these guys because it's not just physical skills. It's also a mental grind. I really like that comparison of DJ to Norman. I, you know, I think that, I think that physically they're a lot of like, they drive the ball, f- they drove it farther than everyone. Straight too. Norman was like the straightest they were driver. Streaky, streaky putters. Um, but good putter. Like what you were putter, saying, DJ has became a really good, yeah, like I, mean, I watched him fourth, on Sunday. He was, I mean, he was making, I mean, he made so many putts. So the putt on 18, which spider, I thought might actually uh, still keep him in it. I will say this, a little plug to Taylor right here. The spider changed DJ's game putting because until he Jason put, Day too, right? Jason Day too. Until they put the spiders in the bag and got a little bit more consistent with their putting stroke, they weren't great. They're great now. Yep. But I just look at DJ and I'm like, there's no way that this guy with this much talent can underachieve this much in major ter- championships. In my opinion, he might be the most 
I'm not going to say overrated just because he has 20 PGA Tour, but underwhelming, under whatever you want to call it, underachieved player of all time. Well, it's kind of the curse of number one. You know, I've, I've told people since Tiger has been number one in the world. Now, Kepka is number one in the world. I hope it doesn't happen to him. You know, he, that was another thing right. I forgot to mention in the Kepka stuff. He's now number one in the world. If you look at it since Tiger, who, I mean, it's, it's it's unreal. If you have a chance, Google the number one players in the world. They haven't kept the stat for forever. It was Tiger Woods for like an 11-year period. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, for 11 years he had it. Since oh, then, almost the minute somebody gets it, they fall off. Mm-hmm. Started with Luke Donald. Rory McIlroy got to number one in the world. He hasn't been the same since. Spieth, Spieth got to number one in the world. Hadn't been the same since. Dustin Johnson like has been number one, came back. But again, he really has been not winning as many tournaments. Jason Day. Jason Day. I mean, it really, it's seriously, it's kind Justin of. Justin Rose. I think, exactly. <laughs> I think guys, you know, want that so bad because, I mean, these guys are ranked from the time they're 10, 12 years old if they're in the game. Six. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, like, it's a big deal when you're the guy because right. when you have that number one next to you, you understand that that means in the world, I'm the best at this. It's right. almost, in some ways, more of achievement to it than a major because you can have a great four days and win a major. Rich Beam has a major. You know what I'm saying? There's guys that have won majors that you're like, really? But to be number one in the world, you have to be so good. But it is interesting that, and I hope Kepka stops this streak, that basically since Phil Mickelson was never number one in the world. That has more to do with Tiger than Phil, to be fair. But these guys get to be number one, and then it's just like it's too much for them. I don't right. know if it's the pressure or if it's the fact that you're supposed to then be the guy. You're the favorite at every event. Exactly. And it, it is interesting, but I just uh, I hope DJ figures it out. I hope, And the, ironically, you said 34, 35. That's what Mickelson was when he kind of started winning majors. He won, I think, that first one at 34. And then, you know, he won three more in about right. a three, four-year span. And then he won the last one, I think, at 43 or 42 years old. So, yeah. Well, if, so funny story about the number one whole thing. So um, they asked DJ, who was being super sarcastic. To be honest, he was being an asshole. Right. Which, granted. He can be. He, well, he had every right to be. Right. Or at least he had every right to be mad at himself. Because if you don't bogey those two holes, you're going to play one. Right. I, I'm willing to say if you don't bogey the second one, you're still in a playoff. It would have made 18 so different. Brooks heard that oh, absolutely. let down sigh from the crowd. Oh, so. no. He, he got a little more. Uh, his his body language is what scared me about Kepka before he made that first bogey. He was starting to shrink them shoulders <laughs> a little bit, and yeah. I'm like, oh, crap. He's going sideways. Yeah, and then to your credit, when he made that bogey, I think he saw the scoreboard, and it was weird. He hit that drive, and them shoulders got him, and I was like, he's, he's going to he win this thing. He laced it. So they asked him in the press conference, like I said, super sarcastic. They asked him and they said, who should be the favorite at the U.S. Open? Now right. that Kepka's won four And the place he's played great at. Exactly. And he said, well, I'm pretty sure I'm still ranked number one, so I'd pick myself. They and then me. the guy was like, uh, you probably should check again. Kepka just took over the number one spot in the world. So <laughs> it just kind of point, it kind of proves to my thoughts that – He's just not engaged with reality and what's going on. Because, I mean, granted, that shouldn't have been what's on your mind at, right. that, at that time. But you, even still, to just sarcastically say that and just say, God, don't you haven't earned that cockiness yet based on your play in major championships. You have in other ones, I guess, but... 
I don't know. He's hard. To, he's hard to figure out. It almost. He almost seems complacent. No, I, that's um, a good word for it. I, I think in 2016 when he won the U.S. Open, it was okay. I I I've screwed what, up. Yeah. I screwed up last year. I'm just going to take care of business this year. But ever since that, it just he, he, he just looks satisfied. seems satisfied, complacent. He's going to be on the yacht with Polina. Well, I was going to say two things in his defense, real quick. No offense, <laughs> we talked too long about DJ, but. <laughs> Exactly, and I think that there's something to be said about that, and people forget this, and I'm not saying I would be that guy, but these guys make a lot of money. They have great lives, and unfortunately, it's just like, I mean, everybody knows the golfer in their group that has so much talent, and it's like, if they just work on their game a little little bit, this guy would be unreal. If you would just hit the putting green, like every once in a while. And I, and I do believe that there is those levels on the PGA Tour where these guys have so much talent and they live such a great life and they make so much money. I felt like Phil was this way for a long time and that they just they take it for granted. And it's understandable and I'm not blaming them. And the other thing, just real quick, to be fair to DJ, he was the only player in the field to shoot four rounds under 70 on that golf course. Talked about how difficult it was. I just hated it that it just seemed like typical DJ that the minute he really could taste like I can win this thing he immediately made two bogeys on a day that he hadn't made a bogey right I think he was bogey free through that point no doubt I think I think moving forward DJ needs to do one thing really quickly I think he needs to get better um uh, you know he needs to get more familiar with the golf courses that these major championships are going to be held at just because he always seems to have a bad first day maybe even a bad first nine on the second day and then he starts to click and get into gear I think if he was a little bit more prepared, he might perform a little bit better and give himself a little bit more confidence coming off the first day. I think he has he has all the we all know he has all the talent, so it's just about if he's gonna do it. So we're gonna end this podcast with our winners other than Kepka, because I mean obviously okay. he is the winner. Uh, I just have a few. I have, and I'm going to apologize for butchering this kid's name. <laughs> I was going to say him. But uh, he remind, it reminded me a lot of Sergio Garcia in 99 against Tiger, and that's Jazz Jan Watt Annoyed. No, no, that's not the right way to pronounce his name. John Annoyed. John But I don't know if y'all got to watch him. They, they didn't show us much of him Sunday. I guess they did Saturday. You know, you talk about a gutsy performance because he was kind of all over the place all weekend, too. And it was amazing for a 21-year-old kid, never really in this kind of spotlight, to show that kind of nerve and grit. And I believe he still finished in the top 10. uh, And just, I think it may be a hello world, you know, moment for this kid. I I hope we're going to be seeing him for a long time. Even though I don't like, I think PGA is a loser for the venue that they picked. I think Beth, Beth Page is a winner for being one of the hardest golf courses in the world. On planet Earth. And on top of that, for being a municipal golf course, which for those that don't know, I, I work for a municipal golf courses. Uh, they are so important to growing the game and, and giving affordable golf because a lot of people can't afford to have private memberships. And it's awesome when a municipal golf course gets highlighted like this. And then this third one I know is going to be controversial, and I know they went over the line sometimes, but I love the fans. Like, I love a rowdy crowd. They need to be careful. I don't, I, And I'm not defending the, you know, yelling before guys are swinging and some of the stuff that's over the line. But when they were chanting DJ, you know, when he's making that run, like, they then turned that into, and I actually mentioned this on the preview podcast, that I thought that that would happen to Kepka because, again, He's starting to come out of his shell a little bit, but nobody knows anything about him. So he's right. always not going to be the fan favorite unless right. he just keeps winning. 
And I loved it. I loved how rowdy they were. I loved they were booing guys for missing putts. Like, I think the Ryder Cup is the greatest event in golf that's became, and it's because of the fans. And the, you know, USGA, the PGA, they need to have more events up in New York, Philly, those kind of areas. It's just like with the football and basketball crowds. Those people are fucking nuts, and I fucking love it. <laughs> I really do. Like, I want to go hang out with them. I know right. they're going to make fun of the way I talk. I know they're going to make fun of, you know, me being country and all that kind of stuff. But they just, I love it, man. Right. It's uh, a different, they, it's a different I think they were a winner, and, and they just added something to an event that otherwise would have been kind of boring. Because, I mean, to be honest, until the back nine on Sunday, it this event was a boring tournament because right. it was a coronation. Who's your winners? All right, so quickly in regards to the fans, I love the energy. I love the chanting. I loved all of it. But I was furious watching the, the people that are volunteering for the event, mm -hmm. the security officers, officers that are just trying to do their job, get the hell out of the way of the players and of the golf course. Right. Okay? Back the hell up off the ball. Right. That was infuriating that Kepka had to wait for, I, I guarantee you, a combined 20 minutes in that last round just on crowd control. Right. If there's a time and a place to get close to the guys, that's in practice rounds. That's it, There is not a time and a place to get that close and be so unwilling to move. Well, but I will say that you also, that's on the event and the PGA as much as it is on the people because... Majors, you're not going to get 40,000 people that are all big golf fans. So a lot of people have no idea what they're doing out there, and that's where you've got to have enough security and stuff to be able to control. You go to Augusta, I always tell people, part There's of the reason – every Exactly. There's and that's it is, everybody's talking about the patrons, and that's fair, but I'm going to tell you, every year I'll hear somebody yell something or say something. And they're gone. And within two seconds, they get one warning, and then that's it. And depending on what you do, you might not even get a warning. Get a warning. So a lot of that is – and it's fair, but I'm saying that's as much on the security and you know having those kind of plans in place, rope, that kind of stuff, uh, as it is on the fans. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. At one point, there was seven volunteers and two cops trying to crowd right. everybody. That That's plenty. Respect the game. Right. Just move back. All right, I'm, I'm done bidding. All right, my winners. Um, obviously, Jazz, other than Sunday, you already mentioned him. For him to come out and get that much television time, because he was playing good golf. I mean, he, he really was. Uh, Spieth is my biggest winner of the week besides Kepka. Obviously, Kepka is a... Uh, huge storyline, but the the way Spieth played and how gritty he was, huge, huge confidence boost going into the, the second half of this season. Keep in mind, he was 150th in the FedEx Cup points list. Oh, he needed list. this. He needed this bad. And to come out and perform the way he did on the golf course, that he might have been in the lowest 15% of, golf, of the way that that golf course fit the players. He might have been in the bottom 15% heading into this week. So he played extremely well. I was super proud and super happy for him. Um, Patrick Cantley, another major championship where the dude shows up. He's so young. He's so talented. He's so boring. He needs to figure out how to make it a little bit more interesting. But yet again, another one. And then we keep talking about him. He keeps not winning, but a yet another top 10 for Rory McIlroy. 
Uh, uh, he finished tight eighth. He did, but he backdoored the hell out. To me, this was a Paul Casey performance, and I just, to me, where he backdoored into exactly. It and it's, whenever. and I'm not saying he didn't play great Saturday and Sunday, but he was never even close to being in contention for the tournament. I don't feel like there's any pressure when guys do that. Right. And I mean. Again, congrats on two good rounds, but I just feel like personally when somebody does that, it's a Paul Casey. Paul Casey has made a freaking living of it, and he even got his last win that way where it's just like, you know, he's like 30, 40th the whole week, and then all of a sudden he'll shoot 65, 66 on the weekend, and, you know, he finishes. So, you know, again, it it is fair, but I'm to the point where Rory, where it's like, dude, you were supposed to be the next big thing. Like, I I don't care about top tens. You need to win something, like now. And I I know he's won some big regular events, but, and again, the money, (laughs) lifestyle, but it's all about the majors, bro. And I know that, I really do think Rory is somebody who has that fire. Right. And I think hopefully that Kepka is going to be something that will kind of get him going because they play a similar game. Next year at the Ryder Cup, if Rory is playing his best and Kepka is playing his best, I so want to see. Be like Patrick Reed, McElroy, and Yeah, except, except Americans, we cheered for Patrick Reed. Because he was on our team, right. but like at the end of the day, we could give a shit if he lost right. or not because it's Patrick Reed and nobody really likes him. That's fair. Brooks, we're gonna be heart soul into that. You know, if it's if they're having a duel out, that would be incredible for golf. So we will be back. Uh, I think what we'll do, Scott, is we're gonna either do right before the memorial or maybe like the Thursday, Friday of it, and we can discuss a little bit about the tournament and then do the U.S. Open preview. I was about to say, I think we should do it on Friday night and okay. then move into like talk about the first two days. Pick, go ahead and pick a winner out of the people, and then do and then spend half of it. Doing Sounds the perfect. So we will uh, be back in a couple of weeks, or I guess about ten days. So uh, I want to thank Scott, IBN. And uh, congrats to Brooks Kepka and me for picking him uh, and winning the 2019 PGA. You're two of two, bro. I'm two for two. See you guys.